0: Hey, everybody. Ten the Charlie Kirk Show. Two students that are Turning Point USA leaders at University of Georgia react to the horrific crime that happened at University of Georgia. Uh, we have a congressman join us about the Hunter Biden deposition. So email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast and get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tp usa.com become a member today it's members.charliekirk.com that is members.charliekirk.com buckle up everybody here we go
1: charlie what you've done is incredible
0: here maybe charlie kirk is on the college campus i want you to know we are lucky to have charlie
2: kirk charlie kirk's running the white house folks
0: a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now... Is a great man doing a wonderful job for the country. Representative Eric Burleson from the House Oversight Committee, Congressman, thank you for taking the time. You just got out of the room, deposing Hunter Biden. Tell us all about it.
2: Yeah, um, we're kind of in a in a breaking point right now, so um, it's going to continue. Um, it has been a very interesting day, um, and so um, uh, unfortunately, until in order to help make sure that we can expedite. Releasing the transcript of this deposition, uh, we've been asked to not get into the specifics, uh, and I hope, I hope you will understand that.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, can you can you just give us uh, at least our audience some background? What was he uh, coming in to be deposed for? The status, all the public stuff that you can share. Can you just walk us through um, what was what triggered his coming in? What which one of his many adventures that this particular uh, deposition was in regards to a uh, police
2: yeah i think the what's we're not we're not focused on um his his drug habits we 're not focused i am not focused on this the the goal of this deposition was to to try to find information about to try to shed light on the business transactions of hunter biden and um and and some of these companies like Burisma or these chinese energy exec, executives some of the conversations that have, that potentially were having between um, you know during phone calls between Joe Biden and um, and Hunter while he was meeting with some of these executives. So those are all the things that we um, a lot of things amongst others that we were trying to get to the bottom of and really following up on the testimony of Devin Archer and Tony Bobolinsky and others that uh, were suggesting that that the brand was the Biden family name. And that, um, and obviously, um, that comes with it, influence.
0: I want to play a, a cut here of one of your colleagues, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Let's play cut 84. I'd love to have you respond, please.
3: Uh, what we just witnessed over the last hour was, I think, a deep sea fishing expedition because the Republican case has completely fallen apart over the last several weeks. Um, after it's been exposed that that the critical, you know, one of the, their most uh, key pieces of information was based on a source that was in communication with Russian intelligence. They are now trying to scramble to find anything um, to substantiate their fairy tale
0: is what we should call this. She calls it a fairy tale. Your response, Congressman.
2: Yeah, the, you know, it's interesting that Democrats and the liberal media are are trying to discredit this witness, um, what, you know, that now that uh, now this is occurring, but at the end of the day, our, our investigation is not based on the, the testimony of one witness. Um, the, it's based on bank records. It's based on um, financial statements and documents actual facts. And so, and certainly we do have other testimonies as well. And so there's a lot of things that have given, um, I would say, a 3D perspective on some of these uh, transactions that have occurred, whether it's uh, you're getting testimony from the IRS whistleblowers who are are looking through their taxes. We're getting information from the Treasury Department with the suspicious activity reports. We were getting information from um, the, the aso- business associates of Hunter Biden during their, during their um, testimony, whenever they came in and are uh, being interviewed, we have the Hunter Biden laptop that we can reference and, and, and line up with some of these business dealings. So there's a lot of information, a lot of different perspectives, and the Democrats are trying to make a straw man out of, uh, out of this one FBI informant so that they can, you know, as you know, a straw man argument is you build them up so that you can tear them down easily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you also comment on, uh, yesterday there was some breaking news, Chairman Comer and Jordan are subpoenaing the DOJ for special counsel's, uh, hers, Joe Biden's interview records, including transcripts, notes, videos, and audio files. Can you tell us about that?
2: I'm not, uh, I don't know, but the the goal, I I think the Chairman Comer and uh, Chairman Jordan are doing a great job in, their, in this investigation, it's, um, you know, look, uh, it was mentioned several times in, in, you know, in some of the reports that, it, that the Biden specifically created a scenario that would take a long time for people to discover. But we have been doing, a you know, Chairman J- Jordan and Chairman Comer have done a really great job of trying to expedite that process, try to get to the bottom of what happened.
0: So if we believe that the Senate will not unnecessarily convict Biden. Uh, what is your argument for moving forward with the impeachment inquiry?
2: Well, the, look, we can't let a moral failure, like this something that has, you know, really a, a, an act of bribery, potentially, an act of selling out the interests of the, of the American people. I can't let that go by without, without doing something about it. Um, I think we have a moral imperative to expose what the what the Biden administration is doing even if that uh, means that the Senate Democrats are not going to um do anything about it, it we have a moral imperative to do something
0: yeah and it's uh we, what Joe Biden has been allowed to get away with for quite some time um is uh is remarkable there's another breaking story here from foxnews.com House investigators heading to prison to interview ex-Hunter Biden business associate amid impeachment inquiry. House investigators interview Jason Galanis in Alabama, uh, in uh, an Alabama prison Friday. Who is this man again? It's hard to kind of put all this together.
2: Um, I I don't know exactly where he fits into into the network. I'll have to do some research on that. But there have been a number of of business associates. Um, The web is very extensive. We're talking about dozens and dozens of limited liability companies and and other businesses that uh, they've been involved with. So uh, it's it's a very extensive network.
0: So so Congressman, just final thoughts here. Uh, it seems as if in the next couple of days there will be a vote to either do a CR or government shutdown. Anything you can share in regards to those ongoing negotiations and kind of the tone and the vibe of the conference?
2: Yeah, I think that um, I think the to me the best path forward. Um, at this point in time, I wouldn't have said this months ago, but I think at this point in time, the best path, most conservative path forward would be to pass a one-year continuing resolution. I know that sounds uh, crazy. I, I, I've i never wanted to vote for a CR, but because uh, we previously put in a mechanism that would cause a 1% trigger cut to the federal budget, that would be a remarkable cut for the first time probably in a long time, maybe even in the history of the United States, that we've actually had real cuts year over year to the federal expenditures, so I would like to see that happen. Um, that, if b- barring that, if that doesn't happen, I am not going to be interested in in trying to pass a an in any budget that is going to fund this uh, this open border scenario so that did, we have.
0: Would that be an actual cut in spending or a cut in the rate of growth of spending? Because sometimes in D.C. those get conflated.
2: No, it would be an actual cut in spending. If we were to pass a one-year CR because it triggers what we call the Massey rule that, that was crafted by Thomas Massey. he was kind of the 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 innovator of this idea, and it was placed into the budget um, the uh, the FRA bill that was passed whenever we were raising the debt ceiling last year. So as part of that uh, agreement to raise the debt ceiling, there was a an agreement to put into into law that if there, if we're under a continuing resolution by April one then there's automatically a 1% cut. Interesting.
0: Congressman, thank you so much for the time and keep fighting. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, so many people I know are disheartened that our country seems to have forgotten the importance of citizenship and they wonder how a strong sense of citizenship might be revived. That's why my friends at Hillsdale College have produced a free online course on this topic, American Citizenship and Its Decline. Taught by historian Victor Davis Hanson, The course traces the history of citizenship and explains how it is undermined in America today by open borders, by identity politics, by the administrative state, and by globalization. Americans are taking the course. Americans taking the course will gain a deeper insight about the connection between citizenship and freedom, an insight they can share with their family members, friends, and neighbors. Hillsdale's free online courses are an important component of Hillsdale's mission, to reach and teach increasing millions of people on behalf of liberty and the American way of life. So sign up today for Hillsdale's free online course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, by visiting charlieforhillsdale.com. That is charlieforhillsdale.com. Start your free course today at charlieforhillsdale.com. The border issue continues to be the number one issue in the country. It's impacting every community across the country. In the next segment, we have students from the University of Georgia, Turning Point USA students, that will talk about the terrible death of Lakin Riley, which is unfortunate. Every almost every single day, an illegal is murdering a native-born American. They weren't invited. They weren't brought in. They come into this country and they kill Americans. And that's just part of the story. Not to mention the rapes and the arsons and crime is going up all across the country. It's really something. Usually I'm not a fan of heckling speakers. Usually, I am not a fan of interrupting people. It's usually a left-wing tactic. In this case, I thought it was very appropriate. This is the mayor of Athens, Georgia, Mayor Kelly Gertz, who claims the term sanctuary city means different things to different people. Athens, Georgia has been bragging about all are welcome here. Diversity is our strength. Worshipping a slogan saying that diversity is our strength got Lakin Riley murdered. And it's not just that. Remember Molly Tippetts in Iowa? I mean, we could go through the list. Almost every day there's a DUI. There's another crime waiting to happen. Unfortunately, probably in the next week, another American will be murdered by a trespasser in this country. Remember, the murder rate of immigrants ought to be almost near zero because so many people want to come to the United States that we should be able to only select the best. The murder rate at Harvard, for example, is zero because they're highly selective and they don't let in random murderers. Our immigration system should be the same, but instead, we let in millions of random drug smugglers, drunkards, violent psychos, and useless welfare sponges. This particular individual who killed Lake and Riley was arrested for a crime with a child in New York, released, comes in and murders Lake and Riley. In Arizona, the would be serial killer released out of New York comes to Arizona, kills somebody with a knife at a McDonald's, was going to do it again at Scottsdale Fashion Square, got arrested. No community is safe. This is happening in the suburbs of Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland, Philadelphia. It is a mass invasion. Venezuelans, Colombians, Chileans, Chinese. Here is the mayor of athens georgia saying that the term sanctuary city means different things to different people again it is an exception to my rule usually i don't like interrupting speakers this man has blood on his hands he is a academic college educated liberal who doesn't care that his abstractions his pathological fantasies Resulted in the murder of an innocent nursing student at the University of Georgia, and more will happen. More girls will be raped, more young ladies will be murdered because of American liberals. Play cut sixty-seven. You can look in contractual language, and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary
1: city doesn't track with either of those, and so that term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion.
3: Uh, we know what Many.
1: It means. Many of the elements. Many of the elements.
3: Liar! 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 We are here to listen. You're a liar. We are
1: here to listen.
0: There'll be time for questions.
3: You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir.
0: Trump should visit Athens, Georgia, immediately. Same way he went to East Palestine, Ohio. This thing is as hot as a pistol. You never know what stories are going to start to spike. You never know. And this is such a sad, I I think one of the reasons why this story is so sad is that this young lady did nothing wrong. She was hunted down by this illegal, by this monster. This person was previously arrested. She was almost the face of American innocence. Nursing student did nothing wrong, completely innocent. Trump should visit Athens. By the way, Joe Biden tweeted endlessly ad nauseum about George Floyd, not a single mention about Lakin Riley. Of course not. Donald Trump should visit Athens, Georgia and push for Lakin's law, forcing any sanctuary city to turn over criminals to ICE for immediate deportation. We should tweet that out. Donald Trump is really good at this. By the way, if Lakin Riley, if she would have been some sort of other criteria box of the left likes, maybe they would be talking about it. By the way, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you know the Associated Press did not mention once in the story covering her that an illegal murdered her? Not once. Because diversity is our strength. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. There's nothing worse than hearing about people living in pain. That's why I want to tell you about Keith from Washington and his Relief Factor story. After years of activity from college football to running a martial arts studio, at age 51, Keith's body felt like it was wearing out. So he gave Relief Factor a try. Keith says he now has, quote, little to no pain in my knees and highly reduced neck pain. Feeling so much better, he pursued a second-degree black belt. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel better and live better every day. I know so many people that have taken Relief Factor, and they speak highly of it. Developed by doctors, Relief Factor truly has helped so many people take back their lives. So get started. Try the Relief Factor three-week Quick Start. It's only $19.95, and it comes with a feel better or your money back guarantee. So visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800 for relief. That is the number one 800 For relief Relief Factor. Get out of pain today, relieffactor.com. Joining us now is two of our amazing Turning Point USA chapter leaders and president uh, at the University of Georgia, Emily Grace Kinsey and Connor Parnell. Uh, Emily and Connor, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, thank you for having us.
1: Hey, how
0: you doing? Very good. So, Emily, let me start with you. Emily, what is the reaction currently on the ground that you're hearing in regard to the horrific murder of Lake and Riley?
3: So there's a lot of shock. Everyone is really nervous. Everyone is really upset because nothing like this has happened at the University of Georgia in nearly 30 years. So there's a lot of confusion around the atmosphere and the environment of the campus and kind of how we move forward from it.
0: Yeah. And so I, I can imagine that it's, it's rather chilling on campus. Connor, uh, what has, what has your experience been and it, are, is the chatter becoming somewhat political as, as far as saying that this very well could have been prevented?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, campus has definitely been odd, um, since it happened. Uh, we actually had a meeting that night and the entire atmosphere on campus had changed. And as we get, uh, you know, days out, uh, there are definitely more political conversations sparking about the reasons that this uh, tragedy even took place and really just the circumstances as a whole.
0: I want to play a piece of tape here. Uh, this is cut 89, uh, CNN, uh, Reprehensibly covering the story, play cut eighty-nine.
1: The suspect in the death of a nursing student in Athens here in Georgia has been denied bond according to jail records. Authorities say Jose Antonio Barra didn't know the victim and didn't go to the same school. The twenty-six-year-old Ibarra was taken into custody on Friday, a day after nursing student Lakin Riley was found dead. Riley was a junior at the Augusta College of Nursing, who had gone jogging on Thursday before she disappeared. Police say it appears to have been a crime of opportunity. And then examination revealed she died from blunt force trauma.
0: Not a single mention about the uh, immigration status. So, Emily, uh, do you do you and your friends as young ladies feel safe uh, being in a sanctuary city in Athens, Georgia?
3: Not at all. And this is something that's really come out more and more. After this terrible event is that Athens really isn't a terribly safe city to live in. And there's this illusion of safety once you enter the campus. So people think, Oh, it's okay for me to jog on campus or walk around campus late at night. Because even though Athens is dangerous, well, this is on campus. So it's completely different. And the fact of the matter is it's really not. And I haven't felt safe in Athens for a while. And now. A lot more people are coming to that conclusion. No one is on campus late at night anymore. And it's really, really changed the entire atmosphere of the entire community.
0: I can imagine. I mean, people think of college as being this, you know, fun environment. And now it's a place where you can get murdered. And by the way, this is true at many campuses. So, Connor, I want to ask you, uh, you know, being involved in our Turning Point chapter, do you think this is starting to pierce some of the? ideological leftism do you think that some people might be acknowledging that allowing anybody into the country is probably not a great idea again not trying to overly politicize it but it's it's an obvious connection that this murder could have been prevented if we had a border are you seeing that that start to at least open a little bit conversationally
1: yeah i would say somewhat it's opening up conversationally however her the leftist disposition, uh, there's a certain cognitive dissonance that happens. um, And, you know, they I've heard a lot of times uh, since this has happened that, you know, his uh, immigration status doesn't matter and that, you know, this was simply a crime of opportunity. It could have been anybody like there's not a lot of connecting dots here.
0: Yeah. No, uh, Connor, you're kind of hitting what is uh, awfully depressing where they're they're trying to apologize for it. Oh, you know, his immigration status, you know, doesn't matter. It's, you know, by the way, a crime of opportunity. What opportunity exactly are are they trying to get at here? Uh, I want to play the mayor's clip here. Uh, This is who is supposed to keep you both safe. um, And he is saying, basically apologizing for the immigration status. And I want our audience to understand, this is one of the biggest news stories in the country. It's not going to stop happening. Almost every day, American citizens are murdered by illegals almost every single day. We see DUIs, we see killings, we see all sorts of things. 67, please. You can look in contractual
1: language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary City doesn't track with either of those. And so that term means different things to different people, depending on the context of the discussion.
3: Uh, we know Many- what
1: it means. Many of the elements, liar. many of the elements, liar. We,
3: liar. we are here to listen. You're a liar, we're
1: here to listen. Liar.
3: There'll be time for questions. Liar. You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir.
0: At least he said, sir, at the end, Emily. I mean, as a young lady on campus and as a resident of Athens, Georgia, I'm sure you sympathize with the hecklers there. And I don't love heckling, but. If there's ever a time to do it, it's during a situation like this. A lot of people are upset.
3: Oh, absolutely, and rightfully so because this is just a a gross misuse of what should be protection is that, you know, this this entire purpose of having a mayor is ideally to make sure that the city at a local level function smoothly, to look out very closely for the safety of the city's residents. And this is just completely throwing that out, saying, actually, we are going to prioritize anyone and everyone other than the legal residents of our city. And and it's really disheartening. And it's also really concerning moving forward with all of the talk surrounding it now, just to see how this will play out.
0: And I want to be very clear, the criminal affidavit shows that he disfigured her skull This was not a crime of passion. This was not a robbery. This was cruel and evil. We see this sort of behavior south of the, let's just say, the equator in gang activity. I'm just saying that a lot of times in cartel-type gang activity, this is how they murder. The initial report claimed that the scene was visibly disturbing, and it is brutal. So, Connor, I'm curious, um, how many of your friends are talking about having firearms are you allowed to have firearms on campus at the university of georgia is it legal to how does that work i know that the state of georgia allows gun ownership however how does that work on on campus
1: yeah absolutely um so uga is a carry campus which i would say is probably the most important step that the university of georgia can take uh to keep the campus community safe uh there's nobody more responsible for your own personal safety than you um and so, yeah, on campus, we are allowed to carry. Um, you're not allowed to carry into classrooms with students that are dual enrolled. Uh, so those are classrooms that have high school students in them that uh, are taking some college classes. But other than that, uh, you can carry pretty much anywhere on campus. Um, sporting events, obviously, are excluded. Um, but yeah, we are, we are absolutely allowed to carry on campus. And I would say a lot of people are... Definitely talking about carrying more. It was actually one of the first conversations that started happening politically surrounding the murder is, you know, start carrying on campus, start uh, educating yourself in firearms and, you know, really make sure that you're keeping yourself safe.
0: I'm pleased to hear that. That's really the only solution. You have a government that doesn't care about you. You have a government that hates you. That is totally indifferent. The only solution is you have to own guns and walk around with guns. So, Emily especially as a young lady on campus, I would encourage you to get proper firearm training, you know, buy a gun and all of your lady friends to do the same, because unfortunately, our society doesn't care about protecting you, your president or the mayor. Final thoughts, Emily, uh, given this tragic situation.
3: It has definitely changed the culture on campus. And to kind of go off of the question that you would ask Connor, this is actually one of the First, meetings that we had as a Turning Point chapter after I became president was what are your Second Amendment rights on campus? Just because it is something that I also care very much about. The only issue with it right now is that you cannot carry on campus if you are under 21 years old. But I know that me and a lot of my friends are saying as soon as we're 21, we are absolutely getting a gun, we absolutely have to carry on campus because there is absolutely no one else looking out for our safety um and the university has recently allocated i think 7.3 million dollars to increasing campus safety with um relatively redundant things they they put blue light systems up which were at the university for over a decade and were only ever used twice and as jokes and they've they've put way more money into the UGA safe app which is a great resource but not a whole ton of people knew about even before this incident and so it definitely is looking at in my opinion the wrong ways of how to fix this issue because it's not a university issue it's a community issue and a policy issue
0: Emily, that was very articulate. And by the way, blue light systems are a joke. They largely don't work on many campuses. I'm sure they've worked somewhere at some point that someone can point, you know, can isolate, but they're not used. You know what does work is people with firearms that are there to protect. I would just be honest. If I was a parent sending my kid to University of Georgia, I would say either you have a bunch of armed guards on campus or I wouldn't say I, I don't I wouldn't feel safe. I hope you guys, by the way, not being 21. What is that stupid thing? Brian Kemp has got to figure that out. If you're 18, you should be able to have a firearm on campus. Um, I think it's outrageous. Thank you guys so much. God bless the work you're doing for Turning Point USA. Hope to see you soon. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: For years, I've been talking about how our nation's public schools have been captured by progressive ideologues, especially true if you're a Christian family. For those of you uh, worried about the best educational path for your kids and grandkids, I want to tell you about how Turning Point Academy is working with the Herzog Foundation how you at home can also benefit from it. They have an online publication called The Lion and also Making the Leap. The Herzog Foundation offers a wide range of advice and information for Christian parents to make the best education decisions for your kids. Go to HerzogFoundation.com. That is HerzogFoundation.com. So check it out right now. HerzogFoundation.com. Portions of The Charlie Kirk Show are brought to in part by the Stanley M. Herzog Foundation. That is HerzogFoundation.com. The narrative continues to try to paint our movement as the worst parts of the 20th century. I mean, there should just be a moratorium for both sides. You can't call the other side Mussolini or Hitler. You just can't do it. It's just so intellectually lazy and shallow. Play cut 66, please.
3: I do have some concerns about our democracy. I have been talking about this now for a long time. When I raised this issue back in 2018, uh, that I did not believe that Donald Trump was planning to leave the White House, I was chastised for that. Uh, People criticized me, saying I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, I think everybody now sees what I was talking about when I said I consider Trump to be a Mussolini uh, and Putin a Hitler. And I still hold to that.
0: Donald Trump is Mussolini and Putin is Hitler. Mr. Clyburn is largely responsible, by the way, for getting Joe Biden, the traitor, into office. Remember the South Carolina special? Isn't it amazing that a journalist has still not published a book on how Joe Biden finished sixth in Iowa, fifth in New Hampshire, and suddenly the entire race reset in South Carolina, and all these people dropped out and they consolidated behind Joe Biden, Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, isn't it something that an enterprising journalist has still not endorsed, not, still not published on that? I want your help because the combined intellig- intelligence of this audience is remarkable. Freedom at Charliekirk.com, I have the emails open. Looking at James Clyburn and his nonsense triggered a thought here that I've had for quite some time. They have a lot planned for us this year. Things are not going well for them right now. They are not. But there's no guarantee it stays that way. The Michigan warning sign. We are ascendant on the major issues. Is there going to be another disease deployed on the American people? Like COVID? Disease X? Maybe. Will there be a biochemical event? Maybe. Was the AT&T taking down the cell phone towers? Was that a test run? I don't think so. But I want you to email me, freedom at com, Because we have to make sure we do not leave an active posture. And it's very simple. If you're in an active posture from now to November and you win and nothing ends up happening and it's a boring year, then being in an active posture is no downside. But I remember vividly the champagne that was flowing and the cockiness that was in abundance in early 2020. I'm going to take you back to January 2020. I remember it vividly. It's four years ago. I was visiting the Oval Office. Trump was up in the polls. The Democrat primary was full of acrimony and fighting. Trump seemed to be unstoppable. Nothing could get in the way. Andrew was there with me. It was this almost Hollywood film. Remember? We're at Mar-a-Lago. And it was the Book publishing. I was publishing my book, The MAGA Doctrine. You could absolutely write. This was February 2020. You could have a Netflix special just on this one night. Off to the side was Donald Trump eating dinner with Jair Bolsonaro. Off to the other side was Tucker Carlson, who was there to warn Donald Trump about COVID. On the other part of the property was Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle because it was Kimberly Guilfoyle's birthday. We had our own party off to the side and kind of our own little table and it just felt too good to be true because there was this thing that people were starting to whisper, but it felt like it was like a fringe conspiracy. COVID. The economy was roaring. It was humming. We'd just taken out Soleimani. Trump was unstoppable. And little did we know our world as we know it was going to fundamentally transform and not for the better. We had no idea. Mike Pence was there, and he looked very sullen, very somber. He was in charge of COVID at the time, and he met with Trump and then just left. Motorcade left. It was very Gatsby-like, actually, that night at Mar-a-Lago. And it felt like we were on top of the world. felt like nothing could stop us. And they had a plan for us. So what do they have planned for us right now? I don't know, but it's definitely sinister and it's coming. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless.
2: For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.